we're kind of walking walking a different path than most of society. There's, you know, like the unforgotten families. You're kind of this hidden world, secret world, unless you're a part of it or touched by it. You may not think of it every day, um, but we're here and our children matter. And even though their impact may seem small, they're changing lives every day and we're just along for the ride. And so I hope that anyone who hears about the licensed health aid program will remember the families first and remember why it's important. And it's for those kids who need their parents more than anything. Welcome to the Unforgotten Families podcast, a driver of change powered by Team Select Home Care. This podcast was created to spread awareness, share solutions, and advocate for the needs of medically fragile families and provide these resilient individuals with an action-oriented community of hope, inclusivity, and compassion. It's our hope that the information, resources, and stories we share will inspire and empower you to join us in advocating for these families and help to ensure that they are never forgotten. Hello, Tough Advocates. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Unforgotten Families podcast. In this episode, we're speaking with Brittany Miller, the mother of a beautiful little girl named Brookie and a newly certified licensed health aide. This family LHA program is Arizona's version of the family CNA program and allows family members to become licensed health aides and care for their medically fragile children. Brittany works for a local disability nonprofit, is on the Family Advisory Council at Phoenix Children's Hospital, and she will share with us today about the program and why it is such a blessing to our community. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Garrett. I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it sounds like you do a lot for the community. I know you work for a nonprofit raising special kids, and I know you are on the advisory council. And I just want to say thank you for that because I know how important it is uh, to be an advocate for these kiddos. And of course, I know you do it for your little Brookie. Thank you. Yeah, it's really fulfilling. Um, earlier on in my journey when I was really struggling and um, just trying to cope with her diagnosis and kind of figure out how to deal with it, I started volunteering and that led to a career and getting involved at the hospital and several other councils. And I always tell families it's really healing for me to give back and to help others. It helps me cope with my own life and the struggles that we honestly we go through with Brooke. Can you tell us a little bit about Brookie and about your family and just give us a little background? Sure. So we are a busy, busy, happy family from Arizona. My husband and I are Arizona natives. Um, Ryan, he is in federal law enforcement. And like I said, I work for a disability nonprofit. Um, We have three, almost three teenage daughters. So a 17-year-old, an almost 15-year-old, and an almost 13-year-old. So life is very busy. Um, Despite having a child with intense medical issues that keeps us busy with hospitalizations and doctor's appointments and therapies, we really work hard to try to provide normalcy for our other kiddos. You know, they're both in high school. Um, they play club sports. They do dance. We're involved in our community and our church. And it, it's really important to us to be the quote unquote normal family, even though we're, we're really not. Um, but Brooke has taught us really to cherish every moment. She was diagnosed at five weeks old. Um, it was a whirlwind of a diagnosis um, with a Cardi syndrome. It's a rare neurological disorder that causes cerebral palsy, um, intractable epilepsy, so really hard to control seizures, global delays, et cetera, et cetera. But I always tell people when I'm introducing her that first, she's a beautiful, funny, happy little girl that loves the movie Frozen. She loves Moana. She likes to swim. She loves the color blue. She loves being in nature. And she happens to have these diagnoses because they definitely don't define her. It's just part of her life. 
Well, we have a lot in common because I love nature in blue as well. <laughs> so hopefully one day I'll get to meet her. That'd be great. Yeah, I, uh, she seems like a very resilient individual. And, you know, it sounds like she said she has some intense seizures. And I always think about this when I, because I used to run a pediatric home care company. And I know how difficult it is to staff, a, you know, a home when there's when there's intense seizures, because it's a lot as a parent to leave your child. So what has that been like for you over these past 12 years? Yeah, so seizures hardly ever scare scare me anymore because as a parent, um, you get you are trained by your medical team, which we have a wonderful one that has taught us how to deal with it. But you know, it's still not fun, and it's really difficult for her. Um, when Brooke was a baby, she would have hundreds of seizures a day. We exhausted so many treatments, um, the ketogenic diet quite honestly, medical marijuana. We failed like 20 medications. Um, She just has really hard to control seizures. It's her great battle in life. That's why we call her Brookie the Brave. But in dealing with that as a family, I mean, you just learn skills that you didn't ever think you'd have to learn. I have my CPR certification renewed every year since I've had her. I've had to do it. It's not fun and it's very scary, but I'm grateful that I knew how. Um, We've been trained by her medical team to you know, utilize oxygen in the home. And of course, you know, we've had home health on and off over the years, thankful for that, you know, having nurses help me care for her. Um, I do feel like the older she gets, the less um, 911 calls we make because we feel more equipped to handling those difficult seizures. Um, as a newer family, we would be there quite honestly, probably a couple times a month because of the severity Um, It's tough though. You know, her sisters have seen her ambulanced away so many times. They've seen her resuscitated. You know, there is that medical PTSD and trauma that is very real. I have it, full disclosure, because you don't want to see your kids suffer and go through hard things. However, um, it's made us tough. And if she can handle all that she does, I just tell myself, like, I can do this too. And that's just kind of our philosophy that we've been um, following these last almost 13 years. And quite honestly, we're just grateful we still have her. I mean, it's a reality that is, um, but she's a tough cookie. So she, I don't even know how she handles what she does every day. Sounds like she is just such a gift to teach so much lessons. I've already heard you say how she taught you to cherish every moment and she's taught you resilience. If she can do it, I can do it. And I yeah. just, I love that. And I, I, I was actually mentioning this to you before, but I, you know, I always say like, I feel like there was, there was me before I met you know, children, um, medically fragile children. And then there was me after, and I can only imagine what that would look like, you know, living in a home for 12 years and getting to learn from Brookie all the time. And you had, you had also mentioned, you know, getting CPR training and doing all this training. And and now you are a licensed health aide here in Arizona. I would love to hear about that experience for you. You know, how, how was the training? How is it going? And kind of go from there. Yeah, Garrett, it's been great. I have to say the nursing agency we're using is wonderful. Um, They have it down when they're training their licensed health aides. And even though, you know, you know, you kind of joke as a medical, as a medical mom, like I should have my nursing degree because, you know, you really learn a lot of those skills, but I quickly learned that I don't know everything. (laughs) And when I was in the training, I actually really enjoyed um, learning all of these skilled nursing tasks. Obviously I'm doing this to care for my own child, but I like to learn. And so I really enjoyed the training. It was really well done. The nurse educator was made it fun um, and really helped us recognize and take it kind of a little more seriously that, hey, this is a profession. You are now have a profession. It's not just, oh, you're getting paid to babysit your child. Like you have a license through the state 
Board of Nursing in Arizona. We have trained you. You are now an employee for Team Select. You are being treated like an employee. You have to chart like a nurse. I don't know. I feel really valued in it. And let's be honest, children thrive um, when their parents are taking care of them. And Brookie loves that mom's her LHA, you know, and and so I've really enjoyed it. It's gone very smoothly. Um, I The charting, nursing charting part, we were trained really well on it. So it hasn't been too difficult. And I don't know. I just, I feel kind of honored that I'm getting to do this. Actually, not kind of. I'm very honored that I'm getting to do this for her and that Arizona has um, passed this as a law and a program for families to be able to do. It's pretty incredible. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, the listeners won't notice, but I'm smiling ear to ear just <laughs> hearing this from you. And I think it's such a, it's such a beautiful time, you know, right now that, that there's so many families that are going to benefit and there's families that don't even really know this is happening yet. And I know yeah. you're like in the first, like, handful, I don't know what the number would be that that got trained. And and I think you made a really good point. And the point is that you are a paid professional. It just happens to be that you're the parent and you have have these skill sets already. But I think that's one thing that people don't quite understand. Maybe from the outside, it's not a parent babysitting their child. This is you are being mm-hmm. a caregiver that is providing services to a child and you are lucky enough to be in a state that allows a parent to do that because that's not the case in 47 of them or 46 of them. Yeah, no, definitely. And, you know, for people in my world and my family that are kind of outside this and they're just observing our family, what we're going through, um, I think they were even kind of surprised. Like even my husband was like, oh, like you have a license, like through the the board of nursing, like this is legit. I'm like, yes, <laughs> this is legit. Like I'm an employee. I have a skill set. I'm certified to do this. And I think for parents and just given my experience, I was a stay-at-home mom for you know 10 years. It makes you feel good to say, you know, I have I have a career and bonus, it's for my own child, but I'm so grateful. And yes, I know that we're kind of one of the states paving the way. It's so new. And I hope, I hope the fire catches and that more states do it and recognize the benefit. So, and, and you talk, you had mentioned, you know, the nursing training and things like that. Can you explain for someone that's outside some mm-hmm. of the skill sets that you learned and how long the training was for you? Yeah. So, like I said, our agency um, has a really great um, established curriculum. They made it very convenient for families. So, I only had to go for two days of training, you know, kind of a full eight hour day each. Um, some of the skills we learned were, of course, you know, inf- infection prevention, protection. That's huge when you're in the medical field. So, I, I learned all these things about keeping our home clean, preventing illness, um, stuff that you think you know, but really, um, a lot of things that I didn't even think about that you just do, especially when you're in the home and you kind of have to put your medical hat on like, okay, we need to protect her and her equipment and her environment. So it was interesting. We learned um, how to manage, you know, uh, G tubes. And um, if your child has a trach, um, we talked about taking vitals, you know, pulse oxygen, using a pulse ox, taking their temperature, you know, all those basic things you do when you start your day with them um, and that initial assessment. We learned seizure management. We learned positioning because, you know, Brooke's almost 13 and my back hurts sometimes. And so we talked about safe lifting, how to clean properly. It, those were just a few of the things, um, but I found it really interesting. And then we also learned how to um, document all of this 
and chart like a nurse would. And it's, it's been kind of fun and a little, it makes me chuckle sometimes when I'm doing the charting and I'm like, okay, patient, like, you know, you have to kind of shift like, yes, I'm the mom, but right now I'm her provider. Mm. Um, and it's, it's okay. I, I like it, but, um, it was really great. And so what happened is I did each day of training and then, um, team select actually was, it was great. We did the, um, test for the licensed health aid exam in that training and I passed it. And then they submitted the application for me to the state board of nursing. It was awesome. Made it really smoothly. I I know that not all agencies do it, make it that easy for you. Um, and really, um, after that, I found out like three weeks later that I was approved and I was licensed. So for me, it went very smoothly. It took a little bit of time for our state's disability program um, to get the authorizations in and all of that. But I, you know, being advocate mom, I was kind of pushing them for it. So a couple of weeks later, I was working. It was great for me and it went pretty smoothly. Can you share a little bit about what it looks like, you know, this program? Now you're in LHA. In a way, not much has changed, but I would love to know what benefits are maybe unseen first for Brookie and then for you and your family? Sure. So, you know, children, um, not every parent has the opportunity to stay home with their children. And, but when you do, it's so precious. And when you have that time with your child and for Brooke, you know, we're a really busy family. And I know that like the times we have together when I'm working as her LHA, a lot of times they're in the evenings. And it sounds maybe a little cheesy, but just being there and being able to hold her and care for her in the night, it's become a really special time for us. And now, not that I didn't do it before, but now that I'm like on the clock, on the shift, it's like, this is my Brooke time where I can focus on her and care for her. Obviously, I'm her mother too, but she's really liked it. And I think she kind of thinks it's funny when I'm like taking her vitals and, you know, she's like, mom, what are you doing? You know? Um, but anyway, I've, I've loved it. And, you know, there are statistics and I'm not an expert in being able to quote them exactly, but it keeps children out of the hospital. It reduces hospitalizations when they're able to have their parents as their, you know, licensed health aid or parent CNA, whatever your state calls it. And so, and I really can see and believe that, you know, love is healing and I've seen it in action in our family. Um, as far as for us, um, it's, it's been a huge benefit to our family. I mean, there's a nursing shortage, you know, across the United States, any type of caregiver, there's a, there seems to be a shortage. And so even though we do have, you know, some nursing hours that we use, we've gone years and years with the bulk of her hours. We haven't been able to find anyone despite our agency trying. It's just the reality of the world we're in right now. And so um, for us as a family, it's been a huge blessing to be able to, for me to be trained as our licensed health aide, be able to care for her. And admittedly, financially, it's helping us as well because having a medically like, fragile child is expensive and having teenage daughters is expensive. And so definitely the the financial part of it is not the the main benefit, but it's it's been great and it's helped us be able to feel the hours that she's been approved for. And I think this is the first time in her life that we've actually had all of the services that she's been approved for by the Division of Developmental Disabilities actually filled in almost 13 years. So wow. I'm very grateful. That's that's a that's something that I don't think anyone on the outside will ever truly understand how important mm-hmm. that is. And I definitely agree with you about the continuity of care. And it just makes sense. Like you understand Brookie exponentially more than anybody else will ever. And so for her to have you there as the caregiver for a majority of the time is going to keep her safe, keep her healthy and keep her happy. I always think about like, you know, and I don't know if Brookie is nonverbal. She is nonverbal. 
we have her own little love language. We can, I can understand her, but she's nonverbal. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah. think about any, even if you brought the greatest nurse into the home, it's going to take so much time to, for that nurse to fully get all the nonverbal cues. And I, and mm-hmm. that's important for the health. But I also just think about like, how frustrating would it be in life to be with someone, even if they're the best nurse in the world and not be understood? Oh, hugely. When people ask me, you know, what are, what are some of the, you know, what are the toughest parts of raising a child with disabilities? And I, communication is, is one of the big ones. It's very hard when you can't communicate your wants and needs. And of course, our family, me and my husband and our sisters, we know her. And we think most of the time we can kind of read her mind or, or understand her cues, but you're so right. And even in the hospital setting, I mean, she's had a lot of hospitalizations in her life. Um, the nurses are great, but let's be real. I'm the one caring for her because she wants her mom. And so I'm doing all her cares, doing her medications. The nurses are checking in, doing their best, but she trusts me. She feels comfortable with me. And usually it goes smoother when mom kind of takes over. And now we're able to replicate that at home. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you guys. Thank and what you. Would, and what would you say, um, you know, I know you do a lot of work in the community. We talked about it. You work for a parent-to-parent nonprofit. You're on the board of the family council at Phoenix Children's. Can you paint a picture for maybe a family like that? This is just a huge home run for. Yeah. So as a parent, you know, like I said, I've gotten involved in advocacy in the community. So I've made a lot of medical mom and dad friends and connections. And many of them have been waiting. You know, as soon as we found out that the legislature passed this bill, I think it was about three years ago. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, just for this family, this wonderful program to be put in place for parents, it's it's quite honestly life-changing, Garrett. I mean, it's very, very difficult to have a job when you have a child with high needs like ours. If you qualify for skilled nursing, your child has high medical needs and your employer, you know, may not understand that life. I mean, you have, I mean, we have 15 specialists at the hospital. She has eight hours of therapy a week. Just that alone, you know, a typical company would not be able to handle that with all the absences and managing that. And so a lot of parents, you know, they live on one income, they stay at home and it's a struggle, especially in the economy and the world we live in right now. And so many families that I've talked to um, and have connected and made friends with have been anxiously awaiting. And I know that as they've been trained, I mean, it's even been emotional. I've talked to some moms that I've met at the hospital and kept in connection with, and they're in tears about this opportunity to, um, like I said, be licensed, feel valued that they're a medical professional, but be able to care for their child who they love so much. And now their family isn't struggling as significantly. It's it's going to change a lot of lives. And I'm just, I'm just amazed and thankful that Arizona saw the need and is kind of paving the way with some of the other states. But I guess I don't know how to fully express how grateful families are. And now it's like, all right, how do I get assessed for nursing? How do I get into the LHA? I mean, I'm sure these agencies that are offering it are just getting flooded with calls all the time um, because it's going to change a lot of lives. I agree so much so. And what would you say to a family member, maybe in Arizona, that is listening to this about this program? Let's find, let, get some information, find out about it. You know, talk to your child's um, support coordinator through DDD so you can have a nursing assessment if you haven't, um, if your child hasn't been approved for nursing already. Um, 
there are several nursing agencies that are offering it. You know, call and find out about it. Call your parent-to-parent organization and find out how the program works. Um, it's definitely worth it. Um, I know a lot of families have been kind of intimidated, like, what's the training like? I haven't worked in years. You know, am I going to be able to pass it? You can. Uh, medical moms and dads out there, you have a skill set that you probably never thought you would have to learn as a parent, um, but you know it. And now it's just putting those skills to use and being able to be paid for it. Um, definitely take advantage of the program. It's amazing. It's changed my family's life. And we've just started it a few weeks ago. And I just am so happy and excited to hear all the families taking advantage of it. It's such a blessing and definitely consider doing it. It will make Obviously, it'll be wonderful for you um, and your family, but your child will be so happy to have their parent as their caregiver. And what would you say to a parent that maybe they're in another state and they're hearing this for the first time as someone that is such a strong advocate? What would you say to them about this program and how to maybe get it moved in their state? Sure. Yes, I'm definitely an advocate at heart. You know, I think that's kind of a thing that's instilled inside of you as you travel this journey with your your child, if you have a kiddo like mine, um, get involved. You know, there are um, organizations in every state um, that are popping up wanting this for families. I was just talking to a mom I'm connected with online from Oregon, and they're really trying to figure out how to pull together to advocate for a parent provider program in their state. Um, understand how your legislature works. Um, I A few years ago, I took a Partners in Leadership Advocacy Program where I learned all about how the state legislature works and how bills are passed. Um, contact your 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 state legislators, congressmen, tell your family story, tell them why this is meaningful to you. Because if you're not in this world, you may look outside of it and think like, well, why should we pay them to take care of their child? You know, make them understand that um, this is a benefit to your state. Not only does it provide um, children with the services they need, it saves money as well. You know, a family, a child, it reduces their hospitalizations um, to paying a parent as a licensed health aid versus paying an RN. There's a cost savings there. So it's a benefit to the state. And I think really helping tell your story and get involved um, is what makes a difference. And I have seen over the years, you know, parents, they can make changes. And a lot of this is parent driven. And so definitely reach out, you know, connect with the nursing agencies in your state. Um, And I, for me, I remember when it was first being shared, I sent an email to our state legislator and pictures of my family and told them about my daughter and what would mean what it would mean to us. And he thanked me. He's like, I didn't even think about that. And so you may think that your voice is small, but all of us as collective voices really can make an impact. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And when I think about the word advocacy, it does mean different things. You just gave a, a bunch of examples of of how to be an advocate. We ask a lot of the people on this show, what does the word advocacy actually mean to you? I think being an advocate in my life um, is having a passion for making the world a better place for those with disabilities, um, working hard to make sure that society and the stakeholders and the agencies that serve our children understand that we have a voice at the table and there's value. You know, a lot of the um, committees and councils that I've found myself serving on, and it's so funny because sometimes like I think back to those early days when I was a stay-at-home mom and had Brooke, I never thought I would be doing what I'm doing now, never in a million years. Um, But when you have a passion and you love your children, you know, there's this fire under you. And I think 
when you have a child like Brookie with all these medical issues and disabilities, it helped me to kind of laser focus into the work, into doing something um, because it's hard. I mean, we know that we won't always have her. And so just having um, a way to get connected into the community is healing. And so I am so passionate about sharing my parent perspective, encouraging other parents to get involved in all these various opportunities because our voices matter and we need to have a seat at the table to make society understand what our lives are like and how these programs and policies affect our children. Boom. I love all of that. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much. Sure. And, and, you know, we're here together. We're on a podcast. And I just wanted to give you the space to share anything that you feel called to share in this moment. For anyone listening that may um, wonder, you know, why do we need an LHA program? Why do families who have children with medical needs, why can't they just hire a nurse? You know, why does the parent have to do it? Or maybe someone listening in who just doesn't have a child or isn't touched by disability. I would hope that just hearing a little glimpse of my story may instill a little bit of a change in your heart to understand what it's like. You know, having that glimpse of hearing from a family who's dealing with really hard things. And we're not, there are people that have way harder challenges than I do. And so just having that empathy, I think is really important. And so for anyone listening, whether you're a mom kind of thinking about this program, do it. First of all, if you live in a state that has it, do it, please, you know, take advantage of it, find the help so you know how you can get trained and how to do it. And for those that are listening in that may want this program in your state, you guys deserve it. And band together, figure out how to advocate. Like I said, the suggestions earlier, you know, for people listening and that are wondering, you know, why, why does a parent need to be paid to take care of their child? I hope that listening, you've realized there are benefits that you may not have, may not have thought about. We're kind of walking, walking a different path than most of society. There's, you know, like the unforgotten families, you're kind of this hidden world, secret world, unless you're a part of it or touched by it. You may not think of it every day, um, but we're here and our children matter. And even though their impact may seem small, they're changing lives every day and we're just along for the ride. And so I hope that anyone who hears about the licensed health aid program will remember the families first and remember why it's important. And it's for those kids who need their parents more than anything. Well, we thank you so much for spending time with us and for being such a strong advocate for Brookie and the whole community. And so we just want to say thank you one more time for being with us. Thank you. I was super honored and flattered to be on here. Thanks so much for having me, Garrett. It was our pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Unforgotten Families podcast, a driver for change powered by Team Select Home Care. Be sure to follow us on our social media channels at The Unforgotten Families on Facebook and Instagram as we continue to spread awareness, share solutions, and advocate for the needs of medically fragile families. We will see you on the next episode.